This is the Indian Players Podcast, Episode 3, Avatar Representation Games, also recorded sometime in 2015. Avatar representation is what we're here to talk about today. <laughs> uh, so there's been a lot of uh, fluff and kerfuffle about gender representation in uh, video games these days, right? So between uh, expansions of Gamergate issues and then um, that recent article in NPR about a 12-year-old girl who had found problems with... Uh, finding a female avatar in, in, in mobile games to, um, no, there's a lot, there's a lot, mostly gen, mostly gender based in, in, in issues these days. But, um, we can, I don't think that gender representation is the only thing that that's sort of problematic about what games are actually issuing out there. There's, there's certainly a lot They're back in the day, um, depending on just like in, uh, what Crayola crayon colors for skin color. What what was it that was problematic about having a flesh toned color and calling that one particular color on a Crayola crayon flesh toned uh, versus what is it what is what is really representative of the players who are playing these games and drawing in Crayola crayons anyway um, but for for games and avatar representations we want to take a look at how are people being represented so let's take a look at some of the examples of games that are out there with avatars that are supposedly you know multi-representational of people who are playing them before we actually can get into specific games if we want to look at kind of a theoretical basis what i as i listen to you talking about this it really um and of course what Tyler had just recently mentioned about um, women, women not being an option for many, is how much uh, this is tied to the game developers' notions of norm and mm. normal and norming. And I think that as we continue this conversation, um, it's a, a nice way to, like using your code, um, your coding heuristic, this is one way that we can analyze, you know, some of the values that are coming into the games um, unintentionally. Uh, so Tyler's recent story was the game developers made all the, the avatars male, didn't think anything about it. They just, you know, they apparently were all guys, so they made things that looked like them without even thinking about what was going on. And I'm sure some of this is comparable not thinking about options. Um, some of it though I have to wonder how much is just marketing and marketing to your audience. So um, I'm not sure, I mean one of the big, MM, well not so big, once was big, Rift, hmm. an MMORPG, uh, their demographic was a younger male crowd and so their avatar representations of females 
were starking, starkly um, uh, pornographic. Mm. And it was, I mean, you could, when it came out, many places online and articles were written about uh, the same um, armor um, skins that for the male characters and the female characters. So as the females got more and more armor, the armor got less and less. Yep. So at the end, you had little strings, and that was about it. Um, so at that, I mean, one game, and, and where it was clearly an intentional uh, use to objectify female bodies to bring in more players and more paying audience which I think is different than making all males just because you didn't think about doing anything mm -hmm. else. Which then you have to think about, when I first started playing MMORPGs, it was in World of Warcraft and skin colors, mm. various shades of pink. I could not play a black character if I wanted to. Um, hair, every color under the sun except gray. I could not play an old character if I wanted to. I couldn't pull up a face that looked aged. I could pull up a face that looked scarred, looked angry, however you, you know, what you wanted, but there was no, there any number of parameters. Um, and to this day, I don't see disabled. I don't see, you know, I want a skin of somebody who's lost his left leg and, you know, has a wooden uh, prosthesis. That, that would be... That would be a hell of a set of representation. Nobody's making anything on that. There's no, there's no engagement with ableism in, in, in. There's very little engagement with ableism in games. Um, what, what was the, what was the game that you were talking about where, where people would mod them? Mod characters. Oh, uh, well, in various Elder Scrolls games, uh, namely like Skyrim and Oblivion, uh, the modding community makes a multitude of skeleton structures for uh, the player character model and those skeletal structures determine how the character moves about in the world and the patterns in which they walk jump run you know or even swing their sword and i mean you have people who do very amazing things that look you know really cool like you can do backflips and swing your sword but you have uh you you could easily say just rifling through kind of the libraries of these mods that the largest portion of these mods are catered to making your character look like a very objectified woman of a female or you know as, as i said earlier you know making them look like a porn star instead of a you know adventure and so you have this time and effort by the gaming community going into making you know uh, overtly sexual female character mods and so you know and it's it's obviously not hard to make a skeleton you know it's not hard to make these things otherwise you know, you wouldn't have people doing so many of them. You know, maybe what makes it harder is taking the time to put all of this detail in to add, you know, exuberant amounts of sexuality into it. Mm. You know, instead of a woman just walking like a woman walks, you know, you have the, the runway model walk or, you know, various other, uh, I guess what would be called seductive walks. And affect, affected walks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's very interesting when you're talking about, you know, this, you know, the skins and what mods that are readily available because, you know, one thing is that the the game that I play currently is Neverwinter Online and they do allow for quite a bit of character adjustment. There is ageism 
in there for your characters, both male and female. There is scarring. There's these things that you can do. You can, you can do whatever you do, but generally everybody tends to go for either the default or the young and beautiful type, you know, and in one sense, I'm no exception because my, my paladin, you know, he's more of an idealized look of what I would like, wish I looked like, which, you know, <laughs> I am nowhere close, but at least it's, you know, the gender is male. Okay. And, you know, I was able to get, make the skin darker, you know, so on and so forth and all those other things. Do the, do they, does your avatar allow you to have longer hair? Yes. Like past the shoulders? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that's, that's one thing for me because certain games won't have a restriction on the female Mm -hmm. or male hairstyles. And so a lot of my characters, you know, will end up having female hair because, you know, I want long hair. I want my gorgeous flowing locks to be represented (laughs) on my male character. Right. Yeah. Well, it's just like just like the avatar that I had for my Xbox 360. You know, I was so happy when they actually had you could put a ring, you know, on the, on the right side, you know, mm-hmm. of that, you know, and you know, and of course that's still even though it's cartoonish, it's still more idealized because I'm not as skinny as that avatar, you know, looks like, you know, but have the hair pulled back, and I never wore baseball caps because I can't pull them off. But at least you can show yourself off with a uh, ponytail, with a there. ponytail mm-hmm. and glasses, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, I mean that's there. But the the biggest thing which you also brought up about the armor is that even in Neverwinter, um, you can't. You know, the armor does cover. But if you want to reveal more, then you take off like your tunic. You know, and then that's when the belly shows and the cleavage shows like that. But but it's not an automatic thing that you can do. It's like it's it or happens. It's something you have to choose to do. You know, with your character. And I've and when I've been playing, I've noticed that a lot of people tend to keep their armor, you know, still like fully covered. And when they have specialized armors, you know, there is a male and female, but they still look like they would be functional. Mm-hmm. You know, you can still see that, you know, this is obviously a woman, this is obviously a man, but there isn't any of that, you know. Oh, yes, you know, I'm wearing, you know, the chainmail of band aids on me, and that's protecting me from everything while you are hulking in like power armor the equivalent you know and so on and so forth but there still are a lot of problems also you know with that because it's like i was wondering who is actually whom on that in that game you know i purposely choose to be a male you know i purposely choose to do a version of my name which is john scott you know that's the name of the paladin you know so it's like it's something that is kind of like there it's still me in some aspect but you know because who the hell when I hear with my last name, you know, like what? The, what is this? I yeah, I I didn't used to have problems with with these kinds of depictions of, I guess, gendered gendered armor before. But I didn't because I, I always thought that it was something that it was just always localized to fantasy games or because of Dungeons and Dragons and 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 the various images that that took place in the players' handbooks and and all these other games that D and D. Uh, kind of inspired continued to have the 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 uh xena warrior princess bikini armor that that continued to to go out from there in those ages but uh i never i never thought that that was such a a, an problematic an epidemic problematic design that that really invaded other games until i started seeing how some of these things are designed in like um well maybe not mass effect but um some other really just really just awful designed games for for well like the sims to to think to think that the sims would always uh 
at least allow some kind of spread of access because it was it was aimed at a wider audience of participation but always the female body designs are always the same same damn thing uh, the, the the depending on how high cut or low cut the the uh, the regular clothing would want to be that even just the Sims is uh, ripe full of objectification in ways that I didn't really expect to see outside of uh, mm -hmm. fantasy games. Oh, but then you have more sophisticated games. I mean, like going back to one thing in Skyrim, and with like I think it wasn't the first mod, but it was one of the first biggest mods was the uh, it was a UI change. And in your character creation, what it actually did was it allowed you to use sliders to adjust every aspect of your character's body. Mm. So what that adds is instead of being kind of the, you know, like, like John brought up, the default, you know, you know, V-cut, you know, kind of hulking guy, you know, as, for a guy's perspective, you could go in, you could make yourself chubby. You know, you could give yourself, you know, short arms or, you know, like a longer neck. You know, things like arms. that. Yeah. Well, I mean, not to that extreme, but you could you could create a body that in many ways is more real. Mm -hmm. You know, you could, you know, if you wanted to take the time, of course, you could go in and you could make almost the exact copy of yourself because people will post stuff like, I, I don't know how many Tupacs I've seen made in, in Skyrim of someone's like, watch me adjust all these things to make Tupac, you know? And so they choose a human or, or well, they choose a red guard because that's the African styled race, you know, and you can join it, adjust cheekbone height, you know, eyes, everything. And people spend, you know, hours and hours make a Tupac, I guess, or, you know, like various other people. And so you have games that give you that depth sometimes. Well, you know, actually from a, uh, if we're looking at a value system within a game, having that creativity mm -hmm. as an option for a game is, is really cool. Mm -hmm. So, you know, no, I don't feel like going out and killing people. No, I don't feel like going out and accumulating 5,200, what are they in Halo? Uh, skulls. Yeah. Um, I want to artistically, on my computer screen, with limited ability, recreate... Uh, a human person that was known. Mm -hmm. I think if that that player had lived in Paris a uh, hundred or two hundred years ago, he would have been a famous artist. Mm -hmm. oh, back in the day, uh, ugh, back in the day, um, Half Life. The 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 um, modding community for for skins for Half Life really erupted in into creating all sorts of. I want to play Batman. I want to, mm -hmm. you know, I want to, I want to play these little anime characters. I want to, I want to just be a crate, so they, so nobody can tell <laughs> that the, I'm sitting there. You know, what was it? I think it was in Goats. Uh, someone made it. You could just run around as a toilet. You know, so instead of being a goat in you know Goats Goat Simulator, you can just run uh, around as a toilet. But, you know, I mean, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to take that. Well, I know. It's like I might not choose to be a toilet, but, but that you would have that option. Mm -hmm. Well, is... the thing I'm kind of like thinking about is, you know, what we're, what we're looking at here is fantasy. I mean, you know, because when we play these games, you know, there's that fantasy. And, like, I don't know if you remember seeing this floating around on Facebook. It's like, I'm not a gamer because I don't have a life. I'm a gamer because I choose to have many lives. Mm -hmm. You know, as in, you know, I, there's something that's beyond me. And... And, you know, we're, we're at that, we're at that place where it's like, okay, you know, we can have our, you know, our, our, I guess our 
alter egos, as it were, mm -hmm. that could be very positive, could be funny, but also can be very problematic to downright disturbing. You know, so it's like, I think it would be funny to be a toilet running mm -hmm. around with goats. But, you know, but, you know, but when you start seeing like what some people will do for mods, you know, the skins that they will make up and stuff like that, that can be, you know, just outright, you know, just frightening, you know, mm -hmm. because, you know, we could think, we could ask like, is this, to what connection is this to this person? You know, like, is this an extension of who they are or is it an extension of who they want to be? And so on and so forth. And that's that's always been interesting to me, you know. Do you mean like like digital like brown face or? Yeah, it could be digital brown face. It could be you know digital black face. It could be you know as 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 before we did this podcast a lot a long time ago. Jeanette pointed out like guys want to have a female character because they want to see something like that in front of them. They want to watch that female form running and doing all those things. Yeah, I mean. They used to also say it's like guys would try to play women online because they thought they would get more advantage of being a woman online, you yeah, know, in these games, preferential treatment. That was a thought well, that went around. I was going to say, the minute in any of these games, your fellow players who have not known up until that point that you're female, the minute they find out you're female, you lose all credibility. There's an assumption that you know nothing uh, you never get to offer an opinion because you're just one of the girls. So that intrigues me that players might think that there was an advantage for being a female. You know, what, I'm at a loss to what advantage I would have as a female in a game-playing environment. Well, I think that might have to, in, in some way, you know, it might have to deal with the player community that you find yourself in. Because, mm -hmm. like, my wife's gaming experience is very different in that mm -hmm. respect. You know, she sometimes is happy to say she's female because, I mean, she'll do that whole, she'll, like, change her voice, which I call her flight attendant voice. It gets, <laughs> it gets very sweet and nurturing, and people in games are like, oh, you're a girl, you don't know what you're doing, here's all this gear and money. Oh, and then, and then oh, she okay. turns that around, and she's like, cool, well, now I got this starter pack, you know, and... Oh, and okay. she's actually really good at games, too, so she doesn't necessarily need that. But, yeah. I so mean, she's and, and to her, you know, like... I've, I've challenged her with that. I'm like, don't you see how that's problematic? You know, that they're basically saying, I need to give you this stuff because you're a girl because you, you won't be able to be as good at this game as I am because yeah. I'm a man, you yeah. know, and so. Yeah, I mean, but when we go back to that, to our skins, our avatars and stuff like that, you know, I always kind of like wonder, you know, even the choices that I make because it's like I purposely, if I, I look, how, how brown can I make this person look? How long can I make the hair? And that is a big thing, you know? Because it's like, I do have long hair and I, and I want that there, you know? And I even go, okay, how can I make the nose like, look <laughs> as close to my nose if I can? I've because, never seen a nose like your nose as an option. Yeah. Well, you know, there, I mean, remarkably, there is a face that was close enough in, in broad strokes, because if they're going to paint, always paint broad strokes because, it, you know, you don't want to get too specific. That actually f matches my face somewhat. In what? In Neverwinter. Oh. Yeah. You know, so on and so forth. Of course, the idealized of me, not the real me, because it was the real me, just be a just bag. <laughs> just be a bag over my head <laughs> without holes and a rope around it. You know, oh. the, to keep yeah. to keep me keep me from being seen by flight society. But yeah, I mean, I I, I always wonder that because in that game, you know. The, there are many races that are there. Now you can be the dragonborn if you're willing to spend the money. You mm -hmm. know, 
you can be a dark elf or you can be a dark elf from a particular city and then you can be like a dwarf and stuff like that human and all those other things you know there's a there's a lot to be said about spending money to to get your own set of representation there are a lot of a lot of games these days that are being kickstarted that if you spend enough money on on kickstarter uh, benefits that you can have yourself designed specifically into you know blah 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 game whatever it happens to be either as a monster or as some kind of player character design or whatever but so there 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 is an advantage to to being able to to have uh, and people it it's definitely shown that people want to have themselves represented in games right there's not there's it's not just it's not just research it's it's just demand there was that um Again, I'd like to refer back to the that NPR story about uh, the 12-year-old girl who was playing Temple Run who went on to, uh, to see how many different mobile games didn't have uh, female avatars and that you had to pay to unlock a female avatar or you had to just play the game for a period of time to get to a female avatar. So the, just the, the very notion that if you want non- dominant hegemonic representation you have to shell out either time or money for it and and in that in and of itself is is quite a, a practice to demonstrate on on people well and then all you get is the objectified version mm -hmm. if we're talking about gender mm -hmm. so not only do you not get to play without time or money but then you do unlock it and you have the porn star mm. which is still not mm. me mm. i've done many things i've never done porn star. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and also it's like when we also look at at this, you know, and since we all for our native people, you know, we're all from different parts of you know this country, this landmass, you know, this new world, as it were. <laughs> um, you know, when you do tend to see you know anything that's based vaguely in tribalism, you know, it, it they're generally also the enemy. You know, it, it's like you know it could be orcs or lizard men if we're talking fantasy stuff mm -hmm. like that. You know. Um, and that the the avatars that we are often presented are you know Western European you know you know Tolkien-esque you know very much like that you know um, there might be some exotification but still it's generally more more that art maybe they'll throw in somebody from and I'm going to use this term purposely because it's problematic the Orient right you know something like that you know and you know i i would really like it you know to maybe not be overtly like you know native in my characters but I like to be able to have something that is there maybe you know you could wear like oh i want to have a tattoo like a design mm -hmm. that i could have on my persona you know mm -hmm. something like mm -hmm. that um and to have it readily available enough yeah. so that you wouldn't be the only person that might have to you know create a mod so that you yeah. could specifically create this look well the, the indigenous representation has always been very problematic i mean it, 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 elizabeth lepenzi put a fantastic video up on her website was it elizabethlepenzi.com uh yes that, you'll find it in the show notes uh that uh and on our website the just all the way back from Custer's Revenge onward, that that the natives have always been um, put in some form of historical context, and and really the the most contemporary historical context is uh, arguably what Sid Meier's Civilization game series, right? So the 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 very notion that you're building up a civilization in and of itself is already problematic. Throwing into the uh, uh, the these many generations of games where 
where uh, indigenous peoples were and weren't represented in very, very particular ways. But I, I, I haven't played the, to, to great depth. Um, so actually, I, I have played Civ Five, and one thing about the game is, you know, you most games start in like a pre not necessarily prehistoric, but a primitive stage, and your character models are very well. They're they're modeled after that culture's there's that culture's group. So you could play as like Hiawatha or, um, you like Montezuma. Or, you know, various, you know, native cultural, like, leaders. And then you have, you know, like, uh, European cultural leaders, too. You have, you know, uh, Japanese, Korean, Chinese, you know, uh, you know, diverse, you know, diverse leaders from all over, even Africa. And, and, you know, things like that. And so, basically, you can't look anywhere on the map and not say there's a leader there. But the problem with it is, even if these character models, you know, are put in proper regalia or done with that cultural care to make sure they're ac accurate representations as you level up your civilization there's a clear point where all civilizations have the exact same character model so after the iron age as it were you're no longer native character models you're the plain model that really is the european character model and so there's the work stops there because they're like, oh, well, natives aren't around anymore, so they don't have character models after this time period. And that's that's the most problematic issue in the game is that, you know, and you could even take like a time to be like, you know, super creative and be like, oh, well, you know, if, you know, and this, this may sound bad, but if native people developed tanks, you know, without the influence of Western civilization, what would those tanks look like? And you have an opportunity there to maybe do something cool instead of being lazy and just making a generic character model that when you think a uh, civilization ends, adapts to that. More than, more than that, you've got the chance to sit there and talk with indigenous peoples of, of any form of, of those cultures to mm -hmm. see what would they project themselves out to be? What is their own future determination of what a civilization for themselves would have played out to be looking like? Yeah. You know, that, that, that in and of itself would be a hell of an and, opportunity. And even their, their cultural bonuses and things like that. And actually, Civ Five also has, you know, an extensive mod community because the game, you know, put in... Uh, create a creation tool so that you could make mods mm -hmm. you know and you have people who have done you know mods like oh we're gonna do a I think one that I saw that was really extensive was it was like a, it was like oh I want to say it was like 19th century like Japanese mm -hmm. and all the buildings and everything were redone to match that architecture and you know that system and so they did a complete skin overhaul mm -hmm. of every item in the game to match that that's wow. awesome you know and so you you look at that guy and you go cool that guy did that that's great but to me i look at that and i go well why wasn't something like that already in the game why is it left up to the mod community to add in that cultural representation whereas you know again when they wanted you know culturally. the the japanese buildings in civ 5 at some point become the standardized you know giant skyscraper type deal mm -hmm. you know the kind of you know unilineal evolution to some like homogenous glob of you know life's what was it life that post the article of what everyone on the planet will look like in 20 oh, years yeah, it's yeah, like the yeah. blue-eyed brown-skinned person with yeah hair well the question that you asked though i think is kind of a really foundational question is mm -hmm. why did the developers of the game not do what the person who developed the mod do 
and I can think of immediately a few answers. Uh, the first probably something relating to budget. Mm -hmm. um, it would cost time and money to do that for every of this, all the civilizations. And then the other is just, you know, your basic garden variety, internalized, oppressive behaviors, yeah. societal yeah. oppression. And, and actually, uh, kind of like Gabe was saying, is the, the pact that includes the native peoples was actually an expansion added on later that you had to pay for. You know, we're, I, we're worth it. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I bought it. I own the game. I own all the expansions, uh -huh. you know, and that's because, you know, I, I me, it's more so I want a complete game. And that's where they get my wallet. Uh, but, you know, and also because I wanted to, you know, make a custom game, choose one of the various native leaders and destroy British, Spanish and, you know, like. German peoples. It was just, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, I think that's all, I think this is all really interesting because when you're talking about that, that need to do homogenization, they will say, well, we need to do it for the sake of gameplay. You know, they will, that, that's, that will be their defense. Well, mm -hmm. you know, we need to do this for gameplay because, like, I remember what was it, uh, um, Age of Empires or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Rise of Nations, the Rise of Nations, yeah. where it's like it, that exact same thing happened. You know, they were very generically, these were tribes, and then eventually you will all become this because it was gameplay. And interestingly enough, uh, you know, uh, I talked to Tom Colonies about that because he actually was the consultant for the native stuff. And, you know, and he said that he tried to push harder for this, but that they just basically just needed somebody that, you know, who could advise, but sign off, but not necessarily sign off, but say we had an advisor, ah. you know, um, that thing, you know, and, and so on and so forth. So, so we have that and we, we, we hear this, but also going back to, you know, when you're talking about, you know, the budget, I mean, it's actually kind of a stroke of genius because if there's a, if there's a community out there that's willing to do the work for free as for passion, that helps their bottom line, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. and then that is probably taken as, you know, market strategy. Okay. Mm -hmm. What can we do? And so on and so forth. So it, it so it's like, but the thing also just is very problematic because it's all about this commodification of identity and you also, what you brought up Jeanette, about the commodification of, of sexuality into a hypersexuality and also what you, you brought up Ty about like you know when you talk about this making skeletons and making the mm -hmm. the porn star or whatever it is to that level I mean I mean it really points to larger questions about our culture and society you for, know for games and design specifically for game, game design and gamers you know like you know because it's great that we have people who are making you know interesting culturally diverse aspects but then when you have Dragon Age yeah but when you have, you know, other individuals and groups that are making things that are perpetuating problems of various isms, racism, mm -hmm. sexism, ageism, all those other isms, I mean, that's, that hits on so many things that, you know, there's been a larger discussion about just in the whole gaming community. I think it's just one drop of it, but I think it's something that really needs to be looked at and really critically addressed. Yeah. Well... Wow, a million things to say. Mm -hmm. Not the least of which is if you have a mod community that is willing to create 19th century Japan for free, why not make the game 19th century Japan and have a mod community convert it to colonizer-looking-like stuff? Because that's not where the money is. I, mean, I know, yeah. but still. Avatar representation and, and, and design really is about the commodification of 
cultures that aren't a part of the majority because that's that's where the, the the money is in representing the people who are playing the game to to such a degree yeah so the, they argue i mean you know a game industry tends to have arguments that it's a male dominated game space and an industry who are picking up um their games but it's not as if that's what's represented at, at several of the conferences and conventions that 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 take place i mean so if if uh, any of the comic cons are to be taken as, as as anything. There's a larger degree of women. It's not it's not equally balanced in representation at these events, but it's certainly a lot larger than the than a lot of the industry tends to perpetuate uh, stories about. So, yeah, to go with that, um, the Entertainment Software Rating Board. There's an interesting thing that we'll put up on the website and gives video game industry statistics. You know, this is based off of like data from a few years ago, so I'm sure that it has changed. But they point out that the average, and I think this is more U.S. based, um, the average gamer year is 34 years of age. Um, the average age of the most frequent game purchaser is 39 years. Okay, the average number of years adult gamers have been playing computer video games is 12 years. Mm -hmm. So they've been doing this for a while. Um, 2010 gamer ages, 25% were under 18. 49% were between 18 and 49, and 26 were over 50. And they pointed that 67% of U.S. households play video games. <laughs> and the average amount of plays that people do, uh, again, since eight hours a week playing video games, is 168 hours a week. And so there's a lot of game that yeah, can go on. And, you know? and it's just going to keep growing with the, the, the uh, advent and push of technology in, in, in various directions. Now also, they point out that 40% of all gamers are female. Okay, so that, I mean, and, you know, that's a significant number that is not being, that who are basically not being properly, you know, addressed, you know. Wait a minute, unless we're all porn stars. Unless we're all porn stars. Right. You know, they point out, <laughs> and interestingly that they did point out at 2010, 80% of women that played, played on the Wii. Yeah, that they played, they played, they, for really? console games were on the Wii, yeah. 11% of Xbox 360, 9% of the PS3. To men, 41% uh, on the Wii, this is 2008, 38% on Xbox 360, and 21% on the PS3. Mm -hmm. You know, But the thing is, is like we asked that, you know, when when I had my Wii, which is you now in storage somewhere, when I played it, it was always social. There, It was not online social. It was actually physical space social. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, where you're doing which the bowling or whatever it is. Yeah, like an that. oxytocin kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So it's interesting, you know. That that that's these are the statistics that they're getting that they're that they're able to gather, but you know there's also that other level in the gaming mindset that oh it's men, it's boys, it's this mm -hmm. you know, and they may just be the most vocal, you know, group. Just like with Legos. Mm -hmm. So the takeaway that I'm getting hearing from this, and this is something that I've noticed, I've only been playing video well. Whenever Tetris came out, nineteen eighties, nineteen okay, eighty six. Okay, so that's a. I'm a few years older than that now, um, but I have noticed, particularly in the last year or so, and my parents warned me that once I turned sixty, that your body really does start being different. I'm finding it harder and harder to keep up with these video games and the other people that are playing. So I'm hearing these numbers, and it's sounding like the the gaming community is aging. So are the developers going to be developing new games that, that account for our aging 
neural network and our arthritis and our you know muscular changes only only a couple of decades are really going to tell as as the gaming community continues to to age and then the influx of new gamers and uh, through through mobile gaming through through uh, access to new technologies that only only the the industry is going to be able to tell in in two decades if that mm -hmm. yeah but getting back to our avatar thing again oh, you know, yeah. Um, I, this, this also just popped in my head is that one thing that Neverwinter also does is that you can buy a, a, an appearance token, you know, you know, that you can actually change your character, oh, yeah. you know, if you don't like it or if you realize that maybe, you know, I shouldn't be, you know, a buxom blonde running around <laughs> with a tiny waist and stuff like that, you know. Named Barbie. Those, those aspects, named Barbie. Yeah. But I also have seen like, like the... That I haven't seen him lately, but there's been a skin that was around, like the one of the martial arts guys from Tekken, you know, you know, not not the old one, not the old guy, but his son or whatever, you know, that people were had that mod on running around, you know, stuff like that. What do you name your characters? Uh, well, I have one named Tyrell, just because I thought it was a cool sounding name. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Because I was the name of one of my old AD&D characters a long time ago. Uh, that's the hook right there. Is, yeah, is... then I have another one whose name is Johan, you know, and he's a, he's a Scourge Warlock. The, the Tyrell's a great weapon fighter, you know, mm. basically he's a big sword. And then my paladin, his name is John Scott, because that's, you know, my middle name is Scott, and mm. John is the shortened version. Of... And plus it's like a little thing, like I'm trying to make, pretend that Scott is actually the equivalent of a bastard son name. Like, you know, from like snow. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't want to call yourself Jon Snow, you know, because. Yeah. So I'm just, I, that's just my own little thing. I haven't written at the bio, but I think I want to start do, writing the bio and put that in. Like, the, Scott is a common last name for bastards in this world. <laughs> Eagle Clan. What do you, what, what about the rest of you? What do you guys name your characters after? Oh, and also, one thing, I name all my henchmen after, like, uh, old dragon cartoon characters i don't know if you ever read old, the old dragon like phineas fingers uh co you know comic dragon magazine yeah dragon magazine yeah <laughs> i remember Cause, that because and i have a i have one of my one of my wizards that follows me with one of my characters his name was board flack bolt lover because that was the name of the actual character you know and my fighters are are fred charles which is actually because we were fred and charlie there were two fighters that accompanied him but i just made it frederick charles you know, just yeah. see if anybody gets it, you know, and nobody has. No, of course nobody's going to get that. That's <laughs> I was going to say. Talk about dated references. Jesus. Obtuse. Obtuse. It's called, it's called esoteric. <laughs> You're right. It is called esoteric. Because we're scholars. Oh, yeah. mm, mm, yes. Yes. My characters are all Anishinaabe words. Such so, as? Misqua, main, main character. And that means rad. Um, it gets kind of hairy, so when I had like an evil priest, because how can a priest be anything but evil? And so I named her Agawadishan, mm. meaning I am shadow, I am dark. Nobody could say it. It was silly. But And then uh, when I have, basically I've taken those letters, Misqua, and I just bump the letters around until I have multiple characters with that same name with just, yeah. Um, so mine... The, the biggest one that I always go for first, and like unless I open up a game on launch, I never get it, is uh, Raziel, which... The angel? No, not the angel. <laughs> Actually, the main character in Soul Reaver. Yes. Okay, that is where I, you know, always pull that from. 
and, uh, and so it's actually always Raziel Stormwind. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that's been my character forever. And then uh, I have uh, Naomi Two Sword, who is uh, my character in uh, various games and then in the medieval reenactment community as well. Uh, you don't want to call out that you're you're an SCA or EMP? Or... Well, yeah, you know, SCA, EMP, <laughs> you know, uh, some, you know, LARPs, things. Uh, and then uh, uh, another character would, would be Strix, who's always kind of the roguish character, mm. you know. And then, um, yeah, that's about it. Oh, and you may want to explain what, what those mean, because not everybody... Yeah, Especially the, around this table. What's the SCA? What does SCA oh, mean? Oh, the SCA what do is they the do? Society for Creative Anachronisms. And it's a medieval reenactment group uh, that... Oh, I can't remember what their cutoff date is. It's like it's like 14, like 12 or something, you know. To? Uh, to prehistory, oh. you know. And uh, the, the EMP... And the the EMP is a similar group that stands for the Empire of Medieval Pursuits, uh, and it's very much the same medieval reenactment. Uh, you know, they both specialize in uh, medieval artistry and uh, martial arts. So. And hitting each other with very large wooden sticks. Well, that's the martial arts aspect. It's it's a martial art still it doesn't matter hitting people with a stick isn't a martial art okay well when you you know yeah. practice and yes, train yes, it is. for hours and hours and hours okay it's a martial I've art. taught classes on how to hit people with sticks better. and and you hit people with sticks in that you know. I hit people with padded sticks yeah. I believe in we wear armor the, yes armor the weapon not armor the 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 people let's let's oh you look so badass in armor yeah and you sweat so badass in armor uh, okay I I think you guys are just getting a little bit off topic. Yeah. What about your name? It's all Gabe? about it's all about, about representation. Mr. It's all about Gabe. My, what names do you I, use? I'm I'm almost embarrassed to say that that most of my uh, characters are based off of the name Darian, um, but uh, and and very few people catch on to where I pick up the name Darian from because I'm a big fan of of uh, Japanese animation. In fact, my very uh, very first uh, love of anime happened to be. Um, uh, Sailor Moon, uh, and Sailor Moon's uh, male counterpart in the American version happened to be named Darian. Uh, so that's where most of my character uh, inspiration comes from. Was it's not actually fruit. it was Tuxedo Man. <laughs> no, that's Durian. Oh, I know it sounds close. That's not. That's not <laughs> even the same thing. I want to throw indestructible roses that will appear in my hand. That's clearly what I'm. I'm going after with this. In fact, there was a AD&D character who I'd actually designed that had roses of throwing and returning. Mm-hmm. That's... Ah, d and Yeah. Anyway, that is, that's a, a good point to close us off here and, and uh, move on to our next topic. Which is... <laughs> Is it the sovereignty one? No, we were talking. Lang- no, we're doing language later, right? There's a whole bunch of notes. Indigenous we were talking values versus colonial Indian values. We were talking. Well, we'll just we'll just hold right here, and 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 insert in our next topic. Sorry. Sorry.